is that in this whole journey of studying Shakespeare, all that experience that I'm pulling into it, I have found that it really helps to set up students, to set up the Shakespeare theater goers well. Okay, it's like whenever I take a group, like friends or families, I kind of, I don't get out the sheet per se, but I talk them through this at the very least, um, just so they can enjoy the experience. We're gonna spend four weeks on Twelfth Night. <laughs> I'm trying to help set you up for the next four weeks of class as well. But this is something that is maybe one of the most practical and applicable lessons that you're going to get from a, this literature class on some level. Because you can take this to the movies that you watch and if you ever go see a Shakespeare play, how to apply it. It kind of generally could apply to some of the musicals that you like, Hamilton, et cetera, et cetera. Like if you go watch any of those, you probably see this because so many people have pulled from a Shakespeare structure. Does that make sense? Okay, so every Shakespeare play has five acts. Every one, period, okay? And so the first thing I want to give you is how might you feel during each act? So act one, two, three, four, five. How might you feel? Right now, some of this is up there, okay, but in Act One, the best approach to going to Shakespeare, to watch a Shakespeare play, in the park, on the theater, in England, at Wheaton Academy, whatever, is to think about Shakespeare as going to a three-hour party. Now, I'm biased, I think it's a party, but it can be. Like, really great Shakespeare is going to feel like a really fun party. It's going to be so great. But when I, if you've ever been to a big party, you get invited to a big party over at someone's house, and you walk in the door, what are you doing for the first 20 minutes? <laughs> okay, where's the host? Who, who, am I at the right place? What's the theme of the party? What music are they playing? What's going on? Those people over there are kissing. What's going on over there? No, there's the food. And oh, those people are laughing and having fun, and they're playing a game, and you're just trying to do what? Get situated. When a Shakespeare play starts, boom, act one, it's going to feel like you just walked into a big party. And so one of the first things you want, Shakespeare's going to do is give us introductions to a bunch of the people at the party, the characters. Does that make sense? And so a couple things here. Shakespeare knows how to write stories well. He knows how you're going to feel in some respects. He knows how he has to situate these things so that he can guide you through the experience of the play. So I'm telling you that he knows that. He's aware of it. So he's going to give you the introductions to the characters. He's going to give you some of the main themes of the play, and he's going to throw a few props at you. And if that's all you get in the first 20 minutes, you're fine. <laughs> Right? Do they go, you know, if music be the food of love, play on, give me excess of it, that's your fight, the appetite may sicken and so die. Oh, that strain again, it had a dying fall. It came over my ear like the sweet sound that freeze upon a bank of violets. And all of a sudden he's going to be like, Miss Brown, did you catch all that? Do you want me to repeat that? Like, are they going to stop and slow down for you? No, they're going 120 miles an hour and they're just going to keep going. You might catch 10% of the lines in the first act. <laughs> and Shakespeare knows that. Got it? So, 
Yeah, I want to normalize how this will feel. And this is where you gotta do your emoji, right? Ah, right, help, right? And so your eyes are crazy, your hair's falling out, you, like whatever emoji that is. It's the one with the big eyes and the guy's going, all right, so yes, it's gonna feel like that. You're gonna feel lost, you're gonna feel overwhelmed, you're not gonna know who is who. Ah, got it? Totally normal, and if you've been to a Shakespeare play, you probably know what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, ooh, I'm so confused, right? So look for the intros, look for the themes, and look for props. Classic scenario. If music be the food of love, play on, give me excess of it, right? You're like, oh. That dude's rich, <laughs> he's the duke, he got the opening lines, and he's in love with love. Sweet. Splash, Viola, what country friends is this? Ooh, she's a survivor, she's strong, she's kind. What a plague means it needs my means to take the death of her brother thus, bah, burp, right? Like, drunk jerk, there we go. Honestly, kind of like going to a party, isn't it? <laughs> there's the dude who's totally full of himself, right? Oh, there's the really kind, sweet girl. There's the drunk jerk, right? Yeah? Are you tracking? <laughs> yeah, so you're gonna get your first impressions, you're gonna get your opening lines. I think it's interesting, interesting like if I were at the party, hey, Matthew Dominguez, nice to meet you. What's your name? Tyson. Tyson, cool. What do you like to do? Yeah, cool. I, I like to teach, I like stories, I like rock climbing. Yeah, it's like, boom, right there. I, I just met Tyson, he's got the cool hair going, he's relaxed, he's comfortable, he likes music, right? Yeah, I just get a little bit of information. If I can just go like each of you, I'm gonna get something different, your eyes, your reaction to me, how you're responding, are you leaning back, are you leaning in, firm handshake, we're not handshaking anymore because it's COVID, so it, what, right, Matt, like, yeah, all of it, right? <laughs> Got it? So look for introductions. Classic scenario, the intro for Macbeth, right? Unseen, name the chops, head off, and you're like, don't mess with that guy, right? And you got the witches, they're all there. Or Romeo's, he's walking out holding the letter, dreaming of Rosalind, right? And so you're, like, you're getting all the intros. Themes, I think it's important. Think of just parties. You can go to the backyard Hawaiian barbecue party, right? You can go to someone just died and we're celebrating their life party. Right, you can go to the six-year-old birthday party. You can go to the graduation party. All those parties have different what? <laughs> Themes and focus. Now, I had considered showing this, but after watching it again all those years later, I'm like, ah, you just can't. But it's so good. Who's seen Legally Blonde? <laughs> when she shows up in the bunny costume. <laughs> and then she just owns it, and you're like, yeah. Right? Like, yeah, has anybody ever shown up to a party or something and you're like, oh, no, not good, wrong party, wrong theme. Yes, anybody out there? Any stories? No, no takers? That's all right. I mean, it's only one week, too. I remember showing up once 
to a party and I had the tie and the pants and the shoes and everything's tucked in. I'm ringing the doorbell, no one's coming. I look over and I'm like, oh my gosh, they're all in shorts and t-shirts and flip-flops. Ah, and I'm like, a oh, shirt, tie, throw the shoes off. I like rolled up my pants a little bit. I'm like, hey, how's it going, right? Like, yeah. And so like, it's one of those with, sh if you show up for a tragedy expecting a comedy, and you're thinking you're gonna laugh through a fun Shakespeare play and then it's Hamlet and 11 people are dead. <laughs> like, wrong theme, right? Like, you got it? And so, Twelfth Night is a comedy about marriage with some dark hints to it and some bullying and a drunken fool. Make sure you, you got the right, this is not a six-year-old birthday party. Midsummer Night's Dream, super fun. You're gonna laugh your way through it. A lot of, there's fairies, right? You know, Macbeth, witches. Daggers, blood, death. You know, like, wow, that's not Twelfth Night. Got it? But they all have their themes, and we want to look for themes. We just did the themes of Twelfth Night. There's a whole bunch more, but those are kind of the ones we're focusing on. The other thing in the first 20 minutes of a play, first half hour, is props. Come on, props for Macbeth. Dagger. Well, you got to get that at the beginning, because Macbeth, like, woo, he goes for it. But then... They use it in Act Two to kill the king, right? There's going to be crowns. Come on, Romeo and Juliet. What's he reading? The love letter from Rosaline, right? Yeah, so letters. There's something going on with letters? Yeah, because in Act Four, he misses the letter from Friar Lawrence. Ah, letter. Yeah, like, yes. Come on, in Twelfth Night, what are we going to find? There's three weddings. What's the prop we're going to get early on? A ring, right? And what's Toby going to be carrying? A bottle. Like, he's pretty sparse, but the, the props that he, that he uses are going to speak to us, and it's going to help you through the play. Everybody got that? He's doing that on purpose. He's going to help you. We all good? Act one? Okay, so ready? Act one, they're going to feel crazy. So if you just slow down, don't try to figure it all out, and just let him introduce characters, get the theme and the feel for the play, look for some key props. Then when you hit a half an hour in and you get to act two, right? Um, we were figuring out the emoji for this one. It's probably like that guy, the one like, hmm, yeah? Like, huh. Still a little confused. I'm calming down, but I don't have it all figured out yet. Yeah, so I don't know what that, I don't know how to draw that, but it's the, hmm. Yeah? Hmm. And it's, your hair is crazy, but kind of calming down. I'm just not the artist for this, but whatever. Act two, more characters. You're going to get more of the secondary characters, some other ones. Sebastian doesn't even show up in Twelfth Night until Act two. But there are more characters, and they need their introduction. Yes? Here's the key. So you get more characters. You're going to get plot and subplot in act two. Ready? Why? Why does Shakespeare wait to give you the plot till act two? Imagine if he gave you the plot in the first 10 minutes. Is anybody going to get it? Oh my gosh, you're like, who's who? What's going on? And then the plot? And then uh, what? I'm at the wrong party? And, uh, and then and you missed it. And the, it's going and you're like, oh crap. Yeah? So the tension, the key tension in the plot's going to come in act two. In Macbeth, when do they kill the king? Act two, right? In um, Romeo and Juliet, when does he meet Juliet? 
act two. See what's going on? Like, so that, that's what's coming. Plus, you're also going to get this subplot. Shakespeare's famous for subplot. Think something like this. Can I reference Seinfeld or Friends? Is anybody out there? Any, any of your main com, com drum, rom drum, whatever those thingies, like those 20-minute those clips and you, have, you, you binge on them or whatever. You'll notice that like for Seinfeld, one of the characters has kind of got the main plot, which there's no plot in Seinfeld, but the main plot for 20 minutes. But then all the other characters are doing something else that kind of connects to it, right? Friends is famous for this. Two of the friends have the tension for that one episode, and everybody else is kind of involved. And then the next episode, it's Phoebe, and blah, 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 blah. And then the next episode, right? And so they, but you got plot, subplot. Almost all your movies, almost all your little TV shows have that structure. If they're doing it well, they're going to wait to give it to you, right? And let you catch. You take the first few minutes to get into it, and then give you that. Questions, thoughts, comments. Okay, keep going. Act three. Yay! I'm feeling good, right? I am happy. I mean, even your eyes are smiling. There you go, that's just weird, but you're feeling good. And this is where you're kind of like, ooh, wait for it, wait for it. Ah, Romeo and Juliet, and da 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 And now you know the characters, you know what's going on, and you're enjoying the story. And what Shakespeare will do, you guys know this from classic English classes, what's happening in the plot. It's the climax of the plot, he does that. All right, it's, there's clarity, you know what's going on by this time. But here's one of the things that I find interesting. There's always a retelling. And why might Shakespeare, as a kind, loving author, retell everything for you? <laughs> Just in case, what? You missed it. One of the classic ones that's so obvious is Macbeth. Act three, scene one, line one, Banquo. Thou hast it all. King counter gloms all just like the witch's promised. And you're like, oh, thanks. Now, now I know what's going on. It's so funny. And Romeo and Juliet, it's really great. It's two little sub characters who are like, hey, guess what? Did you know that? And they, they tell the whole first two acts for you in like three sentences. It's so fun. Um, it's interesting. Viola does it in Twelfth Night, and she, she's musing to herself about how crazy the love quadrangle is. And if you catch it, you're like, oh, she just retold the last hour of the play for all the audience members who missed it and to make sure you know what's going on moving forward. Pretty cool, isn't it? All right, really great author. If you watch for it, a lot of the movies that you really enjoy and love has somebody somewhere, like a news clip, da, 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 you know, like they'll find a creative way to just make sure you're not lost, yeah? So retelling, climax, you feel good, and honestly, one of the main reasons why I'm doing this lesson right now is this moment. So everybody, right here. When do you start feeling good in a Shakespeare play? <laughs> if this is three hours to four hours, when do you start feeling good? Yeah, I put it like halfway. Because that's almost 90 minutes into your movie or your theater experience. <laughs> when do most people give up? Not kidding, I've watched it. I've been to plenty of these. Act one, because they feel what? Yeah, they're overwhelmed. They're crazy. I don't know what's going on. Where's the plot? Oh, I missed it. What's going on? Right? 
So a lot of people, 20 minutes in, a half hour in, they're just going to give up. If you ever go to a, a Shakespeare play and you get to see it live, around a half an hour in, if you remember or think of it, just look around the theater. You'll be see people on their phones and people chatting and like flipping through the playbill because they just, they've given up, right? So repeat after me, raise your hand, make your sign, whatever you do. Ready? Come on. I promise. Not to give up on Shakespeare, ever, but at least not until Act 3, and then I still won't even give up. Amen. I don't know, whatever. Okay, <laughs> you got it? Don't give up. If you come to me next week, Mr. D, I've got a lost in 12th night. I don't know what's going on. I mean, Act 2 is all weird. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Wait another week, right? Like, if we're spending four weeks on this, when will you maybe feel good about 12th night? Two more weeks from now. Give it some time. Hang in there. Okay? Good? In your literature class, what do normal everyday authors do at this point when they hit their climax of their, right, the rising of action and then the what? Falling. Is Shakespeare going to drop his action? No way! Let's go! Ready? Shakespeare goes here, and then what happens in Act 4? Boom! He takes it straight up into the stratosphere because he's crazy and he can't. <laughs> now, what's the risk? If you're an author and you increase the action and the tension, and then you've only got that to finish it, what's the risk? If you can't land that plane and you crash land it, no fun. Everybody's like, that was stupid. That doesn't make any sense. I don't know what's going on. What's up with that play, right? So he's going to only have Act 5 to land that thing from 38,000 feet or whatever. Okay? But it's Shakespeare, so what does he do? He cranks it up with more action, intrigue, and always, 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 every Shakespeare play, the twist. Actually, most of them have like three or four, right? Who loves that great mystery novel or a mystery movie? You're like, no, wait, no, 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 yeah, right? Like, oh, yeah, Shakespeare. He's so good at that, okay? So how might you feel? Now you're crazy again and your hair's falling. You're like, yeah, let's go. This is awesome. Yeah. Like, if you have to go to the bathroom at this point in the play, you're just going to wet your pants and sit in it. She's like, I can't miss this. No way. Nobody laughed at that. Though. Well, you do. Thank you. <laughs> Maybe it's awkward. I don't know. Whatever. Right? But here's the key. Action. And then more action. In Henry V, there's seven scenes in just Act Four, and they're all like fighting scenes and this and that and whatever. Right? Crazy. Act Four. Ah. Uh, right? Act Four for Romeo and Juliet. Right? They get married. He, right? Oh, no. He kills his... You know, his wife's cousin, dumb, he's banished, and now you're like, oh, he's banished from his wife, and this is brutal. And then, ready? She's going to drink the potion, and then look like she's dead, and we'll have a little resurrection, right? And then they get to run away together and get married, and you're like, oh, no, yes, sweet, they get to run away together, right? And so Friar Lawrence sends a little message with the letter. Romeo's over here. My wife is dead! What the heck? No! Screw being banished! Letter. No, wait, well, you're like, wait. He, he doesn't know. Like, he doesn't know that she's just pretending she's going to think that she's dead. You're like, no, how's it going to end? Yeah, come on, right? No? Anybody? 
right? Or Macbeth with the witches. He's like, I'm the stuff and no one can stop me. Oh, my wife, that's horrible with my wife. What's going on, wife? Like, we're gonna be okay. Wait, the witches totally screwed me over. Oh, wait, I believe their lives. Oh, wait, the fortune's actually coming to the castle. I'm screwed. You're like, what are you gonna have? You're right, yeah. It's just so good. So good. Okay, so act four, action, intrigue you will be if you wait that long you will be intrigued you know like at the very least like how is he gonna it's that in the movie how will this end i don't know like it's a mystery like seriously he's gonna land this i mean it's amazing in hamlet from this point there's only two or three people dead and then it's like seven more and like what the heck happened just unravels right in front of you okay and then in Act 5, this is like, I'm happy, I'm loving it, crazy face, but you're crying out of this eye, and you're happy in this eye, and you're like, best play ever, and I don't know what face that is, but like, think of your emoji where you're like, it's all like, it's like that silly Google one, like, I don't know, like, googly eyes. Just amazing, right? So like, I feel great, this is awesome, this is crazy, but this is like crazy phase 2.0, because, you know, like, that they died, but they're gonna seek forgiveness, and like, 11 people dead on stage, what the heck, but it makes sense, but okay, and in Twelfth Night, there's three weddings, but that guy's pissed, and you're like, ah, oh, whoa, yeah? And if you've probably heard this word in your English class before, it's called catharsis. Anybody heard catharsis? It means great purging of emotion, right? And so you're going to get closure, and Shakespeare can do it. He will close the play for you. You'll be able to, it'll end, and you'll be able to like walk away and be like, whoa, crazy, right? But also, there will be catharsis. You might find yourself crying if you let it. Most people in the last few minutes of Twelfth Night are kind of crying, laughing in the room. Like, wow, that's amazing. Or someone's got a tear or whatever. Like, it's fair, right? And the Hamlet is usually pretty quiet, pretty intense, just sitting right here in the cinder blocks, yeah? If you go see really great live Shakespeare, it's something that you're going to get moved if you hung in there for it. He can do it, he can pull it off. He'll close it out, there'll be catharsis, but one of my favorite things about a Shakespeare play is this last one right here. He'll make you think, he will. It's hard not to go to a Shakespeare play and then just walk away with nothing. I mean, at the end of Romeo and Juliet, he's like, the, the guy even says, and go talk about these sad things. Go think on these things. Like, he says it right there, because you're going to. And you're walking away saying, whoa, two freshmen are dead? Because the families wouldn't forgive? That's so avoidable. And then maybe an hour later, you're like, maybe, I mean, what families am I fighting with? What friends are we gossiping about? Maybe I should start forgiving more to avoid this, right? You start realizing, yeah, teenagers end up dead because of unforgiveness or bullying, oh, right? You realize at the end of Hamlet, you're thinking about the fact that on the stage are seven or eight bodies 
in a family living room because these families are fighting each other instead of a real enemy. And you're like, we're kind of doing that culturally right now. We're all fighting each other instead of the real enemy. Killing each other instead of the real enemy, right? Or where, what's going to happen to my house if my family can't figure out how to stop fighting each other? Right? You're like, whoa. <laughs> In your face. At the end of Twelfth Night, there's going to be three weddings, three marriages, and I'm going to ask you to pick which one you want. <laughs> right? Because some of you want to end up married. Which one, are you going to, which one would be the best one? You know, think about that. But then you've also got some characters who would definitely don't want to get married, and you might be like, yeah, maybe I don't want to get married either. <laughs> Especially when we got a 50% divorce rate. Like, what's going on here? You start processing and thinking. Let's be really honest. Those are your favorite movies, aren't they? Your favorite musicals? Are, at, when it's done? Even if it's just for 10 minutes, you're thinking. Right? You'll hear me say this many, many times, way more than just today. Right? But all great stories point to what? The true great story, the one that we're in. That, that's why we do this. That's why we have all class on this. That's why we have literature classes. The poems and the stories and the plays and the musicals, the really good ones, not only do they point to the story that we're in, we, we learn about our story. They teach us about our story. That's why we're doing this. It's worth doing, especially with someone like a Shakespeare. Cool? Okay, so if you caught this, <laughs> the crazy here, five acts, let's normalize the feelings. Let's normalize the feelings. Let's please at least wait till here for each play that we do. Right, you gotta, because when I go down to the, watch a Shakespeare play, this is what I use. Like, I feel this way. I'm like, okay, okay, wait, wait, wait. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. And then you're like, yeah, there it is. And then, like, my, my own kids, they're 12. I taught them through this. I'm like, how's it going, guys? And they're like, I don't know. It's kind of like, hang in there, hang in there. And then we're like, doing okay. Like, I think, yeah, I think, I think, who's this? And like, okay. And by the end, they're just like, oh my gosh. And they're laughing and they're like, dude. And they're the whole ride home, they're talking about it, right? Because he'll do it for you if, you if you let him. He'll do it. Okay? So, Act 1 of 12th Night, what are we looking for? Introductions, themes, and some props. Okay, just, okay. That's why we're kind of just baby steps, baby steps. Good. Questions, thoughts, or comments? Hopefully you found that helpful, okay? It's very practical beyond this class, I can tell you that.